Hey, everybody, if you want to tell the world something or sell the world something, head on over to Squarespace because they're going to help you build the website of your dreams. Say you want to sell some custom merch. Well, you can set up your online store, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. So go to squarespace.com stuff right now, and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code STUFF, and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. Beep, beep. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Fire Chief Bryant, and there's Jerry Fire Commissioner Roland. I'm just a class one firefighter, but that's okay, because this is stuff you should know, the, the fire truck edition. I should say, I think every time we say fire truck, we should say fire twuck, okay, for the whole episode. Fire twucks? Because that's about the level of uh, engagement that everyone can expect from us this episode, because I love fire trucks. Like, my inner three-year-old is like, yes, let's do this, and give me, like, a Fisher-Price drum to bang on while we're talking about it. Maybe one of those xylophones. Yeah, and if you hear me sighing repeatedly, just to give you context, it's election day. Right. And I'm just in a bad mood. Don't get political, Chuck. (laughs) I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm just... Oh, what was it I said? I said, I'm already dreading my hangover that I'm going to have tomorrow. That's right. And I haven't... I was like, I'm not going to drink for a few days preceding Tuesday. Oh, you're saving your liver up? Yeah, just because, oh, man, let's do. Let's talk about fire trucks. They're happy. Let's. <laughs> Have you been on our uh, our um, fire truck? Yeah, our company fire truck. It's the Wayback Machine is now a tricked out fire truck. Uh, yes, and you know what's funny? <laughs> what to bring this full circle? <laughs> We have in one of our little quiet rooms, we have little quiet rooms. You can go, like, take a phone call. Or yeah, sometimes they take put a you nap. in there. <laughs> um, and we have one of our old school illustrations that we used to blow those up and frame them. Of from, a fire truck. Yeah, of the old House Stuff Works By website. Lee, Lee Dempsey made those. Lee Dempsey, yeah. and it looks great. Mm-hmm. And so I was on the phone this morning. Mm-hmm. I got up early to go vote. Good, Emily, good for you. Emily texted me, um, which, by the way, is... I mean, I got it out of the way, but I waited in a longer line than, you know, that first rush. Yeah. It's a longer line than at like 9.15. Emily went, she was like, there's nobody here. Yeah. So I guess I kind of had to. I go vote. Emily calls me and says that my daughter's upset because she thinks I went to boat and she's upset because I didn't take her sailing. (laughs) So she's crying. (laughs) Right. 
Emily's like, I don't know what to do. Can you get on FaceTime at least and show her that you're work? I was like, yeah, and, yeah. and not sailing. Right. <laughs> and they're like, let me put on my captain's hat just to mess with it first. I thought about that. So I go in the quiet room, get on FaceTime, and in the background of FaceTime is that fire twuck. Right. And that immediately took over the conversation because <laughs> she was like, Fire truck? <laughs> and all kids love fire trucks. Yeah. Jerry's just talking about her. Her daughter loves fire trucks. Yeah. And so in a weird way, uh, it all just sort of came around. Nice. I want to get in on this too. Momo loves fire <laughs> trucks as well. Ooh, most dogs hate fire trucks. Oh, she loves them. Man, my dogs howl at the moon. Oh, yeah. Mo, Mo doesn't do that. Really? Sirens don't? Uh, no. Yeah. She's my dog's not big on thunder. Yeah, my dogs don't mind thunder. But they hate, they hate fire siren, trucks, huh? just let's sirens. Just, let's just hit their, their hearing just right. I guess. Or maybe they're singing songs of love. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I love <laughs> I didn't. I've never asked, to be honest. But they howl at sirens. So I want to settle something right out of the gate that I never understood. You've heard of a fire truck. Mm-hmm. You've heard of a fire engine. Mm-hmm. You've probably heard... Somebody point to a fire truck and go, there's a fire truck. And then somebody else points to that same fire truck and says, there's a fire engine. Yes. It's interchangeable. That's actually wrong. There is a difference between a fire truck and a fire engine. And the difference is fascinating. Yeah. and But still in the practical world of just people and kids, largely semantical. But well, yeah, there is a difference, though. People and kids who are wrong. Well, let me let me say this. We will explain to you the difference, and then it's up to you if you want to go around to people and say, that's a fire truck, not a fire engine. Actually, we should advise you now <laughs> not to do that. Don't do it, but just hold that knowledge in your in your brain. Sure. So what's the diff? <laughs> uh, just saying it to yourself, is a, that's a big difference, you know? Well, one actually holds water. Isn't that the main diff? Yeah, if you take away the word fire— Mm-hmm. Uh, right? From fire truck and fire engine. You've got an engine and a truck. <laughs> yeah. And if you understand the origin of fire engines, it will make total sense. Mm-hmm. Fire engines were originally just a water pump used to douse water on a fire. It wasn't on a truck. wasn't on wheels. Yeah. It was on a sled that people dragged from one place to another Man. in the 17th and 18th centuries in Europe and America. It was an engine for pumping water, right? Yes. And if today, if you are appropriately using the word fire engine, what you're talking about is a a vehicle with four wheels that is basically the point. More than four wheels. Is yeah. to uh, five wheels. <laughs> four and a half. You got that one in the center. <laughs> is, to, uh, is to move a giant amount of water and a pump mm-hmm. and some hoses to a fire to douse water on the fire. Same thing as it was in the 1680s. It is today. It's just updated to make it a lot more easy to get it from point A to point B. Right. That's a fire engine. What's a fire truck? Well, a fire truck doesn't have that water tank full of water. Right. It has like ladders, mm-hmm. firefighters. Um, who, it can even be hooked up to a hydrant. Yeah. But it's it doesn't like if you live out in the sticks and your, your little farmhouse is on fire, mm-hmm. which is super sad. Yeah. But it, in other words, if you don't live near a fire hydrant – you can still get that fire put out if you have a fire engine nearby. Right. And usually if there's like a structure fire or something, the first truck that shows up is going to be the fire engine. They're, they're going to say, we need to get the water and usually the foam out there mm-hmm. and start spraying this thing down. Yeah. And a fire truck may not even show up depending on how the fire engine does controlling the fire with the water. Yeah. Or 
I bet they show up because they're kind of just bored anyway. Right, they are bored. <laughs> they're like, we've cooked chili five <laughs> times today. I'm so tired of chili. Yeah. Um, but the the fire truck, if it does show up, it'll show up with a bunch of firefighters who probably aren't going to mess with any hoses. They're going to run in there and rescue people. They're going to collapse holes into the roof to get the water in there. They're they're like assisting the people with the hoses. And we'll get right. much more into depth about this. But let's let's talk about the history of fire engines a little bit. You ready for that? Yeah, because like you said, they were pulled by people. Uh, and, that you know, the downside of that, there are many downsides to that. But one of the biggest ones is once they get to the actual place where they need it, they're tired. Yeah, pulling like a giant metal tank of water yeah. with a pump attached to it. So they're like, we're here, but we can't, we're not very good. Right. Uh, for work right now. Right. We're here. We're tired. Get used to it <laughs> so they, for like uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> Eventually, they, they started to use horses. But again, you know, these things were heavy. So even horses wore out. Yeah. You know, after, you know, six or seven blocks, these horses were like, now I'm tired. Right. The the people would be like, are you tired, horse? And the horse would just stomp once. Yeah. You know? So that, that helped solve problems. But it was really the advent of the... You know, not the fire engine, but the car motor. Well, yeah. First, it was a steam-powered yeah, steam. truck, basically. Yeah. Um, but the early firefighters were like, those things blow up, and they're not very reliable. So it actually didn't catch on very well. It wasn't until, like, the motor-powered vehicle, like a diesel-powered motor engine, a combustion engine. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And I think about the 1910s when fire engines started carrying those or being moved around on those. That's when it, it really started. And then for a little while, until like the 20s or 30s, steam and horse-drawn firefighting equipment yeah, they moved to like the fire trucks. Yeah. Whereas like the fire engine moving this heavy, huge amount of water, that was a combustion engine that did that. Yeah. And then uh, it says here in 1911, those Mack trucks started pumping out engines and yeah. motorized vehicles. That's right. And that really changed things. Uh, and then, of course, if you listen to our Skyscrapers podcast, mm-hmm. in the 1930s, bill- buildings started getting taller and taller, mm-hmm. and or our Hotel Fires uh, podcast, and yep. then that became a problem. They're like, we just figured out how to get here quickly, and now you're building these tall buildings that right. catch on fire. So that's when these ladder uh, ladder technology started. You know, they they were kind of forced to ramp up their their game in mm-hmm. terms of getting people higher and higher up. Yeah. So. When you when you had like horses finally pulling stuff, mm-hmm. um, you still had tired firefighters who had to run to the fire, so they right. put on sideboards, and then that just made it harder for the horses. So finally, somebody said, "Let's just separate these two things. Right? Let's come up with fire trucks and fire engines, and the fire trucks are going to move the firefighters to the fire, so they won't be tired." And then somebody said, "Well, now we have skyscrapers, so now we need a different kind of truck, the ladder truck." Right. So technically. And from what I can tell, you're going to find components of all these, and I think all of the different kinds of fire, let's just call them fire trucks. Okay. Okay? Um, But there are also specialized trucks, trucks that specialize in delivering water. Sure. Trucks that specialize in delivering equipment and personnel. Mm -hmm. And then trucks that specialize in ladders. Yes. Okay? Yes. So that's kind of... You can have it all in one truck, or you can have it broken out into three specialized trucks. Yeah, and and what kind of trucks you have in your local uh, municipality or county mm-hmm. depends on a lot of things. How well-funded, right. how many people live there, how uh, rural it is, or how jam-packed it is. 
Um, and it's really, I mean, it's a science in itself in a city like New York yeah, to make sure you're covered fully. Right. You know, like every nook and cranny of New York City is covered. What was that um, early, like, computer civilization simulation called? I think it was called, like, Civilization or something like that. Oh, was it a game? Yeah. I don't know. But there was a thing where, like, Fires would break out in your town, and You're if like, you, you just, didn't think about that, did you? If you right, <laughs> so you had to send out the fire brigade. Yeah, and if you just neglected it, then all of a sudden the area around it would fall into ruin, and then there'd be like discontent among right. the population. And and you're everything. like, man, I was having fun building a shopping mall. Right now, I, I have to deal with this, this burned out building. Right, um, I can't remember what it was called. I'm sure we're going to hear. From it wasn't everybody. The Sims, was it? No, no, it okay. was. It was. Much less sophisticated than The Sims, but very engrossing for sure. I've never played one of those. I think that was actually the slogan, the quote on the box. <laughs> Much less sophisticated than The Sims, but very engrossing nonetheless. Uh, so with World War II or post-World War II is when you got these buckets. Um, I don't think we mentioned the bucket brigade. You know, you've heard that term. Mm-hmm. That was pre-fire engine. And that's when they, you know, had long lines of men filling up buckets of water and handing them to the guy next yep. to you. That's how they fought fires. Early. Pretty amazing. There, I saw, I just want to say real quick, I saw a thing on Twitter. There was a bookstore in, I believe, the UK mm-hmm. that moved locations down like down the road thanks to basically a bucket brigade of volunteers who just handed it book by book. Oh, nice. And moved it from and then one they burned location them at to the another. Right. <laughs> and they charged the guy. A book-burning brigade. It's like, I thought you were volunteering. <laughs> so post-World War II is when we got what we know as cherry pickers. Um, if you've ever seen these buckets on an extended arm, like maybe someone repairing the phone line or the cable guy or mm-hmm. whatever, it's the same thing. It's um, a much safer way to rescue someone than throwing them over your shoulder at the top of a ladder. Which they'll still do. Yeah, there's ladders that will extend you up, and buddy, you're hanging on to the top of the ladder. Oh, man. But if you're in a bucket— Can you imagine something like, no, scarier? <laughs> no, I can't, because they have ladders that go up, you know, like 15 stories. Yeah. That's a hundred. That's a 15-story building just standing on the top of a ladder. I would literally <laughs> lose my mind. Yeah, you're not uh, cut out to be that guy. No, I'm not. Um, a bucket— I would just crawl down in the bottom of and be like, get me down, and just scream that the whole time. But yeah. I, would, I don't think I would lose my mind. I'd just, you know, lose my S. Well, but most of those buckets are open-sided anyway, so you still might <laughs> lose your mind. Lose I mean, they have railings and stuff, but— No, doesn't matter. Um, I've been in one of those on a film set. Like, I've been pretty high up in a cherry picker. Uh-huh. Um, and it's—yeah, I mean, they're—I I don't have the big heights thing, but I was still kind of like, well, if this thing— something happened, I would be in bad shape. Right. Imagine if you actually were also afraid of heights. Right. You had like the rational fear and then the irrational fear combined. But yes, some of them do have this. With the ladder, the ladder will go up and then it's um, usually on a turntable, which is basically a gear that moves it left and right. Yeah. But with one of those cherry pickers, usually it's an arm that has like a, a at least one or two joints in it. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of move that thing all over, like one of those 1980s robot arms. Yeah, you got a little joystick. Yeah. Uh, and you're, it's just like playing a video game. It's like a Rock'em Sock'em robot, <laughs> but with a fire. Uh, but the 1960s is where we really sort of got to where we are now with the quote-unquote modern fire engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, it's just gotten even better. Yeah. They're not all red. Yeah. If you don't have a red fire engine, though, it's like, what are you doing? I like those white ones. Do you? Yeah, they're kind of cool. They seem communist to me. <laughs> or the yellow ones. What is that? 
Uh, yeah, I've seen yellow ones, I think. I have to say, Charles, when I was researching this article, there is um, no more guarantee of local press coverage than a city buying a new fire truck. Oh, yeah. I cannot tell you how many entries there are for different towns around the uh-huh. country. Look what we got. Yep. The fire department debuts new fire truck. Yeah, they're all so shiny. <laughs> yeah. All the chrome. Yeah, they're like, look at how much it costs. <laughs> yeah, and it's expensive. all ours because it's taxpayer-owned. Yeah. That's it's, pretty cool. I think it's cute. I, th- I think we should, I mean, I would love to do another follow-up at some point on, like, firehouses. Because the whole thing, I mean, there's something about being a kid, you're just enthralled by it. Yeah. Because you walk by, you know, there's one right there in Oakhurst behind where all the restaurants are. Uh-huh. So, people with kids are constantly walking by this thing, and the door's always open. It smells like chili. And the firefighters are always sitting around, like, I mean, obviously, unless they're on an active uh fire they're they're they look like they're just enjoying each other and they always smile and invite the kids in and uh-huh. to take a look and it just it's such a cool job come on in have some chili i love it is there a cooler job where you're like putting your life on the line but you're still I mean, you know like, so just like i've been on military bases those those people aren't just hanging there's out no smiling chili on military bases <laughs> there's canned chili and you're backpack. Yeah, I know, but you don't want that. <laughs> That's just to keep you alive. Sea, ra- sea rations. There's nothing joyful about that chili, you know? I don't know. I think you make a good point. Uh, do you want to take a break? I do. All right, let's take a break, and we'll we'll talk about what's on these amazing trucks. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. Okay, everybody, let's get down to it. What's on a fire? Let's start with the fire engine. This uh, How Stuff Works article. Mm, boy, was it dry. It was dry. <laughs> um, there was a, a, a lot of... Um, 
uh, what's it called when you conflate? I guess a lot of conflation, mm-hmm. where basically they make it sound like it's all just on one truck, and I guess it was because I think they made a visit to a North Carolina fire department to look at their truck and then based the entire article on that. But the writer it was kind of funny. He's like, and then there was this thing, and then there was this and thing, basically, and this thing was cool, yeah. and then they had a thing here. Yeah, and they let me sit and pull the, <laughs> run the sirens. Uh, but, you know, again, this is not, they're all shapes and sizes. Right, that's my point. I think this is sort of just a standard, when you see a standard fire engine, you can count on a lot of this stuff being on it. Bam. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing that you're gonna you're gonna have on an engine is a, a big tank of water. This but, is an engine mostly, right? Right. Uh, but you also have the ability, and this is really neat. If there's a lake nearby, or mm-hmm. a swimming pool, even, or obviously fire hydrants are are handy. Um, you can suck water from those things and use it. Uh, but it's it doesn't just go straight into a hose. Um, it runs through the truck and then through the, I mean, there are hoses that attach to this stuff or suck it out, right. but, the, but you're running it through the central engine. Right. Um, so you can regulate all that stuff. Right. And like an engine has three components, like every fire engine has at least three components, a tank filled with water mm-hmm. that it transports to the fire. Yes. A pump that pressurizes that water from yes. being pumped out and then lines or hoses that, that the pumped out water shoots from. Onto the fire. So many hoses. A, a lot of different hoses. This article spelled out every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, and what I gathered, too, was they want options, 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 yeah. so they can have speed, speed, speed. Right. So hoses, like, they'll they'll have the big, huge, you know, 500-footer. Mm-hmm. But then in compartments, they'll have 25-footers and 50-footers because mm-hmm. they just want to be able to get – water the fastest possible way, and that's not all the times with the longest hose. Yeah, and it's also not necessarily uh, the hose with the widest diameter that's the best for the job, right? Right. Um, it could be a smaller fire, so you don't need quite as much water. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a lot of, um, of split-second decision, but decisions mm-hmm. in, in hose selection, basically. And from what I gather, the fire captain is— Telling the crew, like, we're probably going to need these hoses. You take this hose. You take that hose. Yeah. Um, ready, break kind of thing. Yeah. On the way to the fire. Right. So it's not like the, the individual firefighters are necessarily deciding for themselves. Mm-hmm. Although I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm totally speaking out of turn. But just cobbling together separate facts, that's the impression I have. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I mean, obviously when they get there, there's an assessment period that's mm-hmm. super fast. Really but fast. on the way, I think you're right. I think they have an idea because they've been radioed. We've got a, you know, an apartment building that's four stories right. and this many units, and the fire is largely on the top floors. So on the way, the captain who sits in the passenger seat mm-hmm. is radioing to the uh, firefighters in what's called the jump seat area, right. which is that little area behind which carries like what six people. Four to four to six. Four to six so people. There's up to like eight people in a fire engine, from what I see. So they're radioing back and saying, "All right, when we hit the ground, we're going to need three 100 footers." And there are different ports on the you know sides or the back or the top of the fire mm-hmm. engine. It's not just like, well, there's only one area where we can get this water. Right. Uh, again, they just want all sorts of options. So when they get there, they can kind of hit the ground running. Right. So they literally hit the ground running when they get there. 
The yes. um, driver, the How Stuff Works article made it sound like the driver is invariably the pump operator. I don't know that that's true or not, but there is somebody who's designated the um, motor pump operator, the MPO. Mm-hmm. And they, Whoa. look at you. You know, <laughs> uh, they hop out and they jump up onto the truck mm-hmm. and they start the pump. And the first thing that happens when that pump starts, um, I, at the very least, this House of Works article had a truck that had an impeller water pump on it. And it uses centrifugal force, like it's rotors, like a turbine basically, spinning really fast. And when water hits it, it slings it outside. Yeah. And in doing so, the centrifugal force applied to it creates pressure. So it pressurizes the water. And they open the valve in the tank because, remember, they've got maybe a 1,000 gallons of water riding Yeah, it kind of depends. Back. But, yeah, that's a lot of water. It's a ton of water. Um, they, and they turn the pump on and they open the valve that dumps the tank, the water from the tank onto the pump so that it's being pressurized. And then the, the pump sends it out to the hoses. And the reason that they do this is they want to be able to start dousing this, flame, this fire with water immediately. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're also looking around for the fire hydrant to connect to, for, like you said, a pond to dra- to drain from, a swimming pool nearby. Mm-hmm. They can drain your swimming pool if they need to. to, turn, to yeah, if you're the what, homeowner. What are you pro- going to do? <laughs> Get that out of my pool. I don't like that neighbor that much. Yeah. Um, but they're looking for other sources of water, and they can actually set up something called a drop tank, which is basically a collapsible, portable pool, above-ground pool. Is that what that is? Yes. Okay. I did, that was they a little do, confusing. It was a little confusing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just something that just is semi-rigid that you stand up, and other fire trucks can come in from other areas and dump their tanks into the pool, uh-huh. and then you've got the main fire truck drawing water out of it. So mm-hmm. it's like a temporary holding facility. But you're looking for another source of water because if you have a 1,000-gallon tank and you're using one of the um, the, the hose lines that's yeah. spewing out a 1,000 gallons a minute— you have one minute of water. Do the math. You need a lot more than that. So um, that's just basically to get things started while the other firefighters on the engine hop off and start connecting to another source of water, whether it's a fire hydrant or a pond or a swimming pool. Yeah, I want to. I would like to hear from some firefighters about use of the onboard water versus drawn water. But I, I have a feeling you're probably right is that – that's just for the immediate, like, while you're getting hooked up to the hydrant, right. we're going to go ahead and, and douse this thing. Yeah. Time is of the essence. Time is of the essence, of course. Um, so all these lines, it's really kind of beautiful in its simplicity. These lines uh, are color-coded. So the hoses and the lines all have colors, so the the person up there doesn't have to, like, you know, again, with time being of the essence, it's uh-huh. very simple, which – because uh, they're in control up there on that board of which hoses are being enacted at any given time. Right. And there are, uh, you know, there are relief valves built in. So if you shut off one one hose, the other one doesn't go, whoa. Like double the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden it's all the water's going into that one. Turns into like a cartoon fire hose. <laughs> yeah, with like eight people. <laughs> it's like that. What was it? Uh, oh, Roxanne, the Steve Martin movie. Yeah. Did the, that happen in that? Yeah, it was sort of the updated version of Cyrano de, Ber- de, Ber- de Bergerac. Oh, I'm familiar. <laughs> no, but I couldn't pronounce it right. You did it. Was it that? All right. But, but there were firefighters. Right, but did they end up like being yeah, lifted off of their feet? There were some funny scenes where Steve Martin's like on the telephone in the background 
at a at a practice fire, like mm-hmm. zaniness is going on. I'm surprised in the background. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. That was a good movie. I think I blocked that out. The whole movie, at least that part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So that's that's what's going on with the water. Um, there is also foam, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, these days, this this foam uh, fire retardants do a great job of. Sometimes they'll spray it on to make sure something doesn't catch on fire. Uh, I don't get the picture that it's always to put out a fire. Is that right? I think uh, they use foam to make sure stuff doesn't reignite. Yeah. Depending on the type of foam or depending on the type of fire, you'll use a different type of foam. Right. Like one prevents combustible. Class A, I think, is to prevent reignition. Right. Of like maybe like a hot wood fire. Maybe. It says here class B is more for car fires. Mm -hmm. Uh, or with, if there's, like, gasoline that could, could right. you know, ignite. Yeah, and I was looking into it very – I think, actually, foam deserves its own podcast because apparently it's like super, fire foam? super toxic. Oh, I'm sure. And, like, routinely destroys water supplies when it gets in it. Yeah. But I also saw that they make some from proteins, which is, you know, it's natural, so I'm sure it's fine. You can probably eat it after a fire or something. What does that mean? Is it like we turned a cow into foam? <laughs> Probably. That's what glue's from. Oh. And jello. Yeah. We should do a show on jello. Uh, no? Wait. Did we? I think we did. No, that was Lego. No, dude. I think we we did. <laughs> remember jello molds? Did we? Yes. Oh, good Lord. Oh, it was a good one, if I remember correctly. I have no memory of that. <laughs> I really believe that we did an episode on jello. All right. And I think it was good. See, this is why when people ask us on stage, like, what was your favorite episode? It's like, I say disco every single time because it's the only one I can remember routinely. But there's so many, literally hundreds of episodes that I love that we've done, which makes me feel very proud of our work. Yeah. You know, the fact that we don't look back on it and say, like, you know? Just jackhammers. Basically. (laughs) um, that uh, I think it's great. I agree. Not to pat ourselves on the back or break our arms doing so. I'm just saying I'm kind of proud of what we've done over the last decade, Chuck. Agreed. Congratulations. Congratulations, Chuck. Um, so the hoses. Congratulations, Jerry. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> she just gave you a look. <laughs> she's got a salad she's eating. She's not even paying attention. Um, so hoses uh, are called blinds, I think, on the job. Um, like, I don't firefighters. They don't call them hoses. No, they call them lines. Yeah. Yeah, you're a chump if you call it a hose. Hey, what kind of hose is that? You'll get laughed <laughs> out of fire. So cross-lay hoses are hoses, um, well, I think, that are laid on the ground. Is that right? I believe that they are coiled up laying over one another, and they're easy to get to on the side of the truck. You can just grab the end of it and run. Okay. And they may even be pre-connected. There's a type of hose that's – it's pretty appropriately named pre pre-connect uh-huh. it's already connected yeah. so if you're the pump operator and you see one of your guys running with the pre-connect 3 you turn on indigo lever 3 that's right maybe yellow 4 whatever it is and now all of a sudden they've got water coming through it yeah they have uh, booster lines i mean again we're not going to go through all these different lines but it's just very easy to say they all vary in diameter and length. Yeah, depending on what your needs are, and um, d- depending on the diameter, um, that that will that will determine how much water can come through at a, at a time. Sure. 
And some of them are up to a thousand gallons a minute. That's a lot of juice. But again, that's your whole tank in a minute. And I was like, gosh, that's so fast. That's that must be like a whole Olympic pool in, in an hour or something. No, it's eleven hours. <laughs> so if you're a firefighter and you are putting out a fire next to an Olympic sized pool, you're like jackpot. Yeah. They and got the eleven swimmers, hours worth of water. Yeah, the swimmers are bummed though. Yeah. No training yeah, I today. How long it would take to fill one of those <laughs> things up. Uh, well, it depends on what kind of hose. I'm sorry, line. Right. Yeah, you go. Uh, the real fun part, though, like if every child and adult alike um, always wants to look at that deluge gun, mm-hmm. and that is the thing that is not a hose, but it is the thing that sits atop the fire engine that is like uh, sort of the equivalent of the, the Gatlin gun on top of the tank in warfare, yeah. that you can just point that thing and water's being sucked from the the hydrant straight through, so it's regulated right. into that deluge gun, <clears throat> and just massive, massive amounts of water can go really, really high and far. Yep. It's kind of that simple. It is. And I imagine that's, you know, I don't know if everyone, I am curious to hear from firefighters, like if you have a permanent designation or if it's a tiered thing, like you work your way up to deluge gun, or if that's oh, the, the lowest... Uh, job because I would guess not is because it's because you're just there on the truck or and maybe the more experienced firefighters are on that ladder going into the building mm-hmm. or if they just take turns or draw straws like that's I, what I don't know I don't know either but I would guess that if you're manning the day or humaning the deluge gun mm-hmm. you are pretty experienced because you've got basically the whole truck's worth of water at your fingertips or so you whatever be, water you know all the water in the world sure connected but if you haven't connected up yet and they're like start with the deluge gun right which from what i understand would be something that they would do because you use the deluge gun to kind of dampen down a fire yeah that initial so that you can thing get it, you can get closer to it yeah with the the lines you yeah know, and the the personnel so yeah it, it might be like the first thing you hit a fire with depending so on maybe the, the, the most fire. experienced firefighter because if you put the rookie back there, they're like, you're, that building's not even on fire. Right. And Jackson, you just, <laughs> you're pointing the wrong way. Jackson. Because well, yeah. they go by last name. Sure. I think. Somebody's, there's got to be a firefighter named Jackson. Firefighter <laughs> Jackson, the rookie. Uh, again, more hoses. Uh, they have hoses called curb jumpers <laughs> because they're on the curb. <laughs> so many hoses. They have hoses that... Uh, that uh, are just carried up like that you can put over your shoulder. Uh, it's called a hose pack. It's mm-hmm. like all bundled together. So you might carry that on your shoulder up the ladder in order to once you get in there, you're like, I need another 50 feet of hose, man. I'm inside. And you've got one slung over your shoulder. Bam. Bundled together, ready to go. They also have hoses that will run up ladders too. Yeah. So there's a line that will run alongside the ladder, usually a five-inch diameter line, which I think, a 5D? <laughs> 5ID. <laughs> okay. Um, I think pumps 250 gallons a minute, which is yeah. significant. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a lot of water. But they do that so that, if, at, you know, you can f- shoot water down onto a fire, which can be helpful. Yeah. For like a roof fire or something like that. And then they also have a lot of different nozzles, too. Oh, sure. You know, a different nozzle does different jobs. Like um, if you have a piercing nozzle, Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard about one of these. They sound extremely dangerous. It can shoot right through walls. And I'm guessing like drywall walls, probably not a brick wall, but who knows? I'm sure it could shoot right through a window. But if you have um, a fire in another room and you, you can't get to it, 
You just use one of those piercing nozzles and it shoots right through the wall. You know what I'd call that if I was a fire person? What? A master blaster. No. <laughs> Say, get the master blaster up here. Yeah. We got to shoot through some sheetrock. Wasn't that the guy with the 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 small guy? Yeah. Controlling the bigger guy? Uh-huh. In Beyond the Thunderdome, right? Mm-hmm. It, that was the only one they appeared in, wasn't it? Yeah. You just nailed all of that. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't spoil Beyond the Thunderdome, did I? Yeah, except you have to say it uh, like Tina Turner. You have to say Master Blasta. <laughs> I, I can't improve on what you just did. Uh, and then there's the ladders, of course. Uh, like you said, some of these bad boys can go like 150 feet in the air mm-hmm. uh, via hydraulics, which is totally frightening. Uh, if you're going that high up, the truck is going to have uh, what are called uh, outriggers. Yeah. And those are basically just these huge... Um, heavy metal legs that come out from the side of the truck and land on the ground to really stabilize that truck. Mm -hmm. They expand its center of gravity so it doesn't tip. Yeah. But they add so much pressure and force. Oh, man. They actually have to put down pads in between the outrigger and the ground so that it doesn't just go right through the asphalt. Crush the concrete sidewalk. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Um, This is all cool. Yeah. It's so funny how the little kid comes out. Yeah. You know, when you start talking about this stuff, just like big, heavy things. Uh, You want to take an ad break? I need to settle down. Yeah. We need to put our inner five-year-olds in time out. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. Okay, we're back. Our inner five-year-olds are being very quiet again. They're behaving. Yes. So we've got the uh, fire engine done, mm-hmm. fire or ladder truck done, mm-hmm. basically, right? It, it, that ladder is telescoped up. You got the outriggers in place. Mm-hmm. It's a four-alarm fire. 
and things are going well. So um, you're probably going to see other fire trucks show up. Yes. This is the classic literal version of the fire truck, which is basically a um, human and equipment transporter. That's what it's for. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at a fire truck and they've got all those compartments running along the sides, mm -hmm. they are all full of goodies. Um, like Candy. You <laughs> yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. Baby lambs. Uh, you're talking about the nozzles, of course. Uh, there's something called a barrel strainer. So if you have to throw, uh, if you have to suck water out of a lake, um, you don't want to suck up fish through there. No. Oh, wow, that would be kind of funny looking. It'd be mean. It would be super mean. Have you ever seen video of a... Um, Salmon ladder? No. I've seen that. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, fish ladders. Um, but when they, when they, uh, it's not seed, but, oh, stock, when they stock a lake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they do it from airplanes. <laughs> and have you seen the one of the close-up of the fish just going like, yeah. I have not. It's, it's something to see. It's either animal abuse or it's a wild ride that the fish is like, man, that's cool. I, I think it's both. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm in a big new home. Yeah. And then someone will catch me by putting a hook through my mouth. <laughs> right. And they're like, you'll never believe how I got here. <laughs> Emily gets so sad when she sees fisher, fisher people. Yeah. Yeah, she just can't help but think of the fish. Even catch and release? Uh, yeah, and I've said that. It's like, what about catch and release? She's like, well, would you want someone to yeah. hook you, pull you out of the water, and then just remove the hook and throw you back in? She makes a good point. She does. Uh, what else? There's all sorts of... Uh, of tools to like bust through walls and pull down ceilings. Yeah, well, that's so okay. Let's just let's put this out there. If you show up on a fire engine, your job is to run lines. You're running the pump. Yeah, you're the captain, being like, "Do this, do that." Somebody light my cigar. <laughs> that kind of thing. If you show up on a ladder truck, you're probably working a ladder. Mm -hmm. um, if you show up on a fire truck, you are there to work the fire. You're there to rescue people inside the fire. Yes. Same with the ladder truck, probably too. Um, you're there to manage the fire. You're tracking it to see if it's moving from one place to another yeah. or if it's starting to die down. You're in there pulling down sheetrock. With a pike pole? Yeah, um, if you're pulling it from the ceiling. Or a halogen tool? Yeah, if you're pulling walls down. Or maybe, that may be halogen, actually. Probably. Yeah. Sounds Irish, right? Sure. Um, which, by the way, I want to say, Rescue Me is probably the greatest firefighter-related TV show of all time. I've never seen it. The Dennis Leary show? I know the show. I've never seen oh, it. Oh, it's, it was really good. Really? Yeah, it was bonkers, but it was very good. Very, and Dennis Leary does a great job. Uh, I'm surprised you watched that. It just doesn't seem like a Josh show. Yeah, I was into it for a while. Yeah? That and then The Shield, too. Interesting. Yeah. All right. You know me that much better now. <laughs> I know. After all um, these years. So uh, it probably is the Halligan tool is my point. But you're yeah. in there if you're a firefighter who showed up on a fire truck. You're messing with the fire to make it easier for the line operators yes. to get water onto the fire where it's needed. Right. Yes, exactly. Uh, depending on how advanced your truck or how much dough your municipality has, you might have the jaws of life mm -hmm. on your truck, which uh, – Thought about. I, I even looked up that article to see if that was worth doing one on. Well, uh, it may just be thirty minutes of us talking about how the fact that it is a super high, powerful hydraulic powered mm -hmm. uh, can opener. Okay, so that I think doesn't that, sound like a very good episode. <laughs> it might have been like jackhammers. Okay, no, we'll steer clear of that. Yeah, but the the jaws of life everyone knows uh, mm -hmm. is that super uh, high powered hydraulic can opener mm -hmm. that can cut someone out of a car. Right. Which is great. 
uh, exhaust fans, never really thought about that. But um, there are a couple of types of fans. Uh, an exhaust fan is one you would put in an entryway to suck out smoke. Uh, they also have positive pressure fans to blow air through and out mm-hmm. the other side. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they can work in concert with one another depending on their placement. Do you remember Greg, who was an illustrator for a while, too? Oh, it's like Illustrator Day. That worked with us? Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But he he had a house fire, and he said, like, his house was generally fine, but the insurance company was considering totaling his house be, just because of the smoke damage. Yeah. Like, it just gets everywhere. Oh, I'm sure you, it smells like that forever. Yeah, and you can't do anything about it. It's actually really not good for you. Yeah. To, to like, live with that as it's dissipating for years and years and years, you know? I never really thought about yeah. that. You always think, like, no, the structure's damaged and compromised. But right. The structure can be intact. Right. And the smoke can, can total a house. I, when I worked as a PA, I did an errand one time for a very, uh, not wealthy, but a pretty rich producer yeah. to his condo in Santa Monica, uh-huh. which had to have cost, like, a couple of million bucks. Uh-huh. And I walked in uh, by myself. He wasn't there. He gave me the keys. And it was the stinkiest. He was a smoke cigarette smoker. Oh, yeah. And he had been smoking in that place mm-hmm. with the windows shut for years. Mm-hmm. And this $2 million sweet ocean view condo oh, was the most disgusting. It smelled like a, a bar right. like the next morning. It's ruined. Ruined. And I just can't imagine like. I mean, do you desensitize? You used to smoke. It doesn't matter. Does he not notice it or just not care? No, he doesn't notice it. Interesting. He does not notice it. Maybe if he comes back from a vacation or something, he might be like, oh, it smells a little like vaguely (laughs) smoky. I better get it going again or something. Oh, man. It was so stale and gross. man. Like, like for any, if he wants to sell it, you would have to sell it to a smoker because any savvy person who understands the health risks of that is like, right. this This place is done. You would have to pull up the floors, pull out the walls, yeah. um, pull out the ceiling, just strip it to its bones uh-huh. and start and over it. from yeah. scratch. I just so, remember yeah, thinking like, the place. man, and he had a balcony. It's like, yeah. and it's LA. Oh, that is so lazy. <laughs> it's so lazy. Yeah. Uh, what else do they have? Bolt cutters, sledgehammers, chainsaws. <laughs> right. Small ladders, you know, you see them running with a ladder over their shoulder, like a 10 or 12 footer. Yeah. They still have those little guys. Sure. Uh, and it's all very useful. They they basically have everything. A lot of them have EMS equipment mm-hmm. or repelling rope. It's just like everything you can think of. Yeah. Basically to save lives. That's why you'll see like a fire truck at the scene of like a heart attack or something like that, because the ambulance might actually not have everything they need yeah. for a medical emergency. So they'll send the fire truck out, which seems like a colossal waste of resources and money. But I think I think something you said earlier might explain <laughs> it a little bit. That they're a little bit bored. Maybe. They're like, oh, heart attack, let's go. I, I'm sure it's nothing like that. Okay. What, what my hope is from the show that we'll hear from firefighters that are like, you guys got kind of most of it right, and thanks for shining a light on us. That's the best we can hope for. <laughs> Uh, have you heard of, uh, did you look up these tiller trucks? You know, the, like the coolest job is to drive Oh yeah, the back of that thing. Like Kramer? Yeah, those are called tiller trucks, and tiller drivers uh, drive them. And it's a little cockpit, a one-person cockpit. Uh, I got this from Hot Rod Magazine. Nice. And uh, you have to, of course, take a certification test to make sure you can drive it. Uh, and as everyone knows, or maybe you may not know this, but the whole trick to those things is you got to steer the 
you got to get it in your head that you steer opposite. So when you're making a right-hand turn up front, um, you've got to turn that wheel left. I could not do this. It I would, don't have that kind of coordination. It would be tough, huh? Yeah. Could yeah. you do it? Yeah, I mean, I think you'd get used to it if that's your job. Sure. Like, you wouldn't want to be like, ah, oh, right again. But Shoot. when you were driving your car, you'd just <laughs> crash into stuff all the time. Maybe. It'd be tough, I think. Like, you got to be able to flick that switch in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, obviously, if they're turning right, you're turning that back wheel left. It makes it much more maneuverable. Right. And apparently, they are, as long as they are, if you've got an experienced uh, tiller person back there, they are really super maneuverable on city streets. Well, that's why they exist. Yeah. It's like it's way easier to get a very long truck that's cut into two that can take tight corners rather than one long truck that's one, you know, one long length of truck. Yeah. That's that's the whole reason they're there. I never understood that until like yesterday. Yeah. And apparently they really work well. Um in, in cities especially. Uh, and here's a couple of little tricks that I never thought about. There is a light on a rod at the on top of the front cab. Mm-hmm. And as that's your that's there for the tiller driver, tiller steerer to look at mm-hmm. as their center point. Okay. Like that's how they center their wheels. Oh, gotcha. And if they make a turn, they count because, you know, you got to straighten back out afterward. Mm-hmm. They count like two and a half rotations on the wheel for this turn. Mm-hmm. So two and a half back in the other direction. Gotcha. To get straight again. I'm, <laughs> you're actually making me anxious right now. I'm imagining myself having to do this like on the way to a fire on a busy city street. Well, they're usually apparently the first person up the ladder too. So that is not the job for you. No. Tiller driver and no. uh, ladder guy. I'd just be like, I quit. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny. They they interviewed and, and took a like a course test, the hot rod uh, author. Mm-hmm. And they asked, they're so like, well, what happens if uh, – if you turn it the wrong way and they were like, well, then you're on the curb and you're knocking out cars and people. <laughs> oh They're like, it's not good. Um, pretty cool, though. Yeah. I think they cool. said the uh, – here, here's another stat. The operating angle for a ladder, mm-hmm. normal operating angle is about 65 to 70 degrees. And the biggest hassle of the ladders is uh, wiring. Oh, I could, I, I'll bet. Don't really think about that. You don't want to get it tangled up. And no. No. No good. Very interesting. Yeah. You wanna, got anything else on fire trucks? No, I want to try out tiller truck. I wonder if they let uh, civilians <laughs> like us just like get out in a big uh, closed down parking lot. It probably depends on um, the level of corruption of the mayor of the town <laughs> that the fire truck lives in. Well, they let the hot rod magazine guy do it. Oh, he's a journo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they cooked it up for, like, we could probably cook up a reason, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. We'll be like, uh, we're, we're doing another episode on fire trucks, <laughs> and we need to do this solar test. Yeah, and they went, don't you mean fire trucks? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're speaking our language, buddy. Uh, if you want to know more about fire trucks, go down to your uh, local fire station. Maybe ask them for some chili. They'll love for They'll love you to ask do Ask them that. for a tour. I guarantee you, they'll, if they're not busy, they'll say, sure, come on in. And they'll, they'll probably give you some chili without asking. Yeah. Um, and since I said chili, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this one on war masks. That I was. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good episode. Hot off the presses. Yes, it was a good episode, Chuck. Uh, greetings from Dublin. Hey, guys. Fairly recent listener. I moved to Ireland from the UK about a year ago. And not knowing many people, you guys have kept me, uh, provided a real comfort for me. Nice. Uh, I just listened to the episode on war masks, something I already kind of knew about. I used to work for a publisher specializing in military history. 
And while I found the glorification of war a bit sickening, I was weird. It was weirdly interesting uh, to me the effect of injury, mental and physical, on the sh- on the soldiers. Mm-hmm. We published a book called The Whistler's Room about so-called uh, deformed German soldiers, and she puts that in quotes as if to say, you know, right. it's not the proper nomenclature. Scare quotes. Yeah. Uh, getting medical treatment at a hospital before heading back out into the wide, uh, wider world. Uh, the men were called whistlers because due to the injury, they could not breathe through their mouths or noses. Instead, had holes cut in their throats, oh my uh, which created a whistling noise. Uh, the book, in turn, led me to a film called The Officer's Ward. Uh, it's a French film, uh, La Chambre des Officiers. Wow. Based on a novel, based on a true story. And following a French military engineer who suffered extreme injury to his face and throat on his first day of action in World War One, and his treatment uh, involved facial trauma uh, and a war mask. Uh, the ingenu- uh, ingenuity, compassion, and perseverance showed by the doctors and nurses was apparently very accurate, as were the treatments shown. It is utterly compelling, heartbreaking, and I recommend it 100%. Uh, that is from Hannah McAdams. Keep up the cracking work. Nice. Love that. Yeah. Uh, so it's called the Officer's Ward, French film. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, for sure. Or the Chambre des Officiers. I yes. had to try it too. Okay. I think you did it better, Chuck. Good work. Thanks, Hannah. Great name too. Hannah McAdams. Kind of like rolls off the tongue like a punch. Yep. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us like Hannah McAdams did, you can find us at stuffyoushouldknow.com. All of our social links are there. Or you can send us all an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Today's episode is brought to you by Altoids because, let's face it, unraveling the mysteries of the universe is tough work. But with Altoids, your breath will be stronger than a black hole's gravitational pull, more intense than an alien abduction, and more reliable than your phone's battery during a podcast marathon. When it comes to needing intense freshness, Altoids have you covered. Altoids are stronger than your favorite conspiracy theory, more intense than the latest true crime docuseries, and more reliable than a Bigfoot sighting. They're not just mints, they're curiously strong mints. Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today.